0: Well, amen. Appreciate that song, and thank God for godly men. I thank God for the men of our church, and uh, thank God for each one of you, whether you're a father or not, and happy Father's Day to those that are, and uh, just thankful. I was thinking about that, man. Thank God for godly men, and men that are leaders, and... I'm thankful for that. We're going to continue this morning in our series in Colossians. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Colossians chapter number three, Colossians chapter number three. And I do want to thank you for being here and for your faithfulness. Um, this morning felt like a spring or a fall morning, and it was awesome. I got my truck about uh, six o'clock this morning, and I had my windows down and. Um, that sweet truck I have out there, that flatbed Toyota, it doesn't have power windows, okay? So the one window was down. I froze this morning on the way to church, um, but it, I'm sure that's going to change as the day goes on. Somebody help me, right? It's going to change. Um, Colossians chapter number 3. Let's read. Um, we're going to continue in this series, and I mean, what a, what a passage this is this morning. Colossians 3, look at verse number 12. Colossians 3, verse number 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved... Bows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you also, do ye. And above all these things, notice this, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God... Rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you, and Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it's always right on time. Lord, I pray today as we approach this text, God, I pray that you would teach us. Lord, we don't don't need to hear uh, from a man today. God, we need to hear from you, and I pray that we would. Lord, I pray that you would encourage us. I pray that you would grow us. Lord, I pray today that you would help us like only you can. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, I thank you for the fathers. I thank you for the men. Lord, I thank you for this place. Lord, bless like only you can. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. In our last section um, in this letter, we studied, and Paul is admonishing the church at Colossae, and he reminded them in that last text of some things uh, that followers of Jesus need to kill in their lives, if you were with us last last Sunday. Man, some hard stuff, some stuff that he's very blunt about in the text. Some things he said last week that we as believers need to put off, if you were here with us. Man, he, he started this passage with, man, we need to put off and make sure that we kill sexual immorality in our lives. Everybody remember that I'm from last week? And then he, he moves from sexual immorality to covetousness and idolatry and many he says hey those are things that believers need to kill and believers need to put off and then maybe you're here and you say look I don't struggle with sexual immorality I don't struggle with covetousness he takes it a step further and says hey Christians need to put off anger and we need to put off gossip, and we need to put off, basically he's saying, listen, those types of sins of the flesh, we need to put off, and let me just say this, I've seen gossip kill a whole lot more churches than I've seen sexual immorality, okay, and Paul says, listen, these should be things that should not be part of your lives, he says, kill them and put them off, after he says to take some things off, now he says in our text this morning, there's some things that we need to put on. And there's some things that as believers, as followers of Jesus, we need to wear. He addresses this old man and this new man. And and Paul does this all through his writings. If you were to go read Romans, if you were to go to read Ephesians, if you were to go read other uh, passages and letters that Paul wrote, he talks a lot about the old man and the new man. And, and I want to remind you that every Christian after salvation, we have two natures that are living inside of us. Uh, it, some would call this the civil war of the Christian, the old man and the new na- man, or the old nature and the new nature. Ephesians 4 calls it the old man and the new man. Ephesians, uh, Galatians chapter number five calls it the, the, the works of the flesh and the works of the spirit. First Corinthians chapter number three calls it the carnal side and the spiritual side. That's what he's addressing here again. Man, there's some things you should put off, but hey, there's some things that you should put on. In our text, we find what the new man, if you will, wears. What the works of the spirit look like, and what a spiritual person does. Now, listen to me real quickly before we dive into this. I've heard a lot of preaching in my lifetime. I've heard a lot of uh, what a Christian looks like. And a lot of what I've heard preached isn't really what the Word says a Christian looks like. Just saying. Man, a lot of times I've heard sermons in the past that says, Christians are to be fighters, and man, we got to, and the more that you study, the more that I study the Word of God, the more that I find out the culture Christianity and the religion that I grew up hearing and and preached about, about what a Christian should wear and how a Christian should act, is actually anti-Bible and anti-Christ, and we're going to look at what a real Christian looks like, okay? We're going to look at what it looks like to dress like, if you will, a Christian. Let's look at at this text this morning, look at verse number 10, let's start there. Verse number 10, and put on the new man. So here he is again addressing the new man after he addresses the old man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image of him that created him. So he says, this new man, listen, it's like, the, it, it's like the, the Adam that came that wasn't that first Adam but the second Adam. It's that we are created in the image of God. Okay, That's what he's saying here. Don't ever forget that you are created in the image of God. By the way, every human being that lives is created in the image of God, and we must understand that. That should affect how we treat other people. Look at verse number 11. Wherefore, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, we talked about this last week, circumcision nor uncircumcision, he's saying this, at the foot of the cross, we must be reminded everything's equal. Race doesn't matter. Listen, your, your background doesn't matter. Where you came from, your financial status doesn't matter. None of that matters. Now look down at verse number 12. So after he says put off some things, look what he says to put on. Put on therefore, as, and notice these words, as the elect of God. Now it uses these words. Words, the elect of God. Now, for many Baptists, we like to skip over these words. We don't like to talk about it. We, we like to cut it out of Scripture. Election and predestination are biblical words. They are found in Scripture and if you are elect, you're one that's been chosen by God. It means this you've been saved, you've been regenerated, you've been chosen, you've been called. You're part of that called out assembly, the church, okay? So he's speaking to us, he's speaking to believers. And notice what he says here. You got to keep your Bibles open. Put on, therefore. He says this if you are a follower of Jesus, there are some things you need to put on and you need to wear. There's some things that identify you. And can I just say it's not a suit and tie? Somebody help me this morning. Okay, there's some things here that he's going to say is going to identify you, the clothes that the Christian wears. Now, notice as we look at these, I want you to think with me, all of these have to do with relationships, how we interact (laughs) with other people. He says, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, we are identified not necessarily just by rules and regulations, but how we treat other people people. You don't believe me. Look at the Word of God. Let's see what it says. Look at verse 11. Where, or, or verse 12. Put on, look what he says, holy and beloved, notice these words, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. So he starts out by using this weird term in the King James. I love how the King James used the word bowels all the time. It says, bowels of mercy. What in the world does that mean? What it's saying here is having a compassionate heart. He says, one of the things that we need to to have is a compassionate heart. Now, I don't know about you, but I struggle with this sometimes. Having a compassionate heart. Man, caring, you know, putting myself in someone else's shoes. Man, putting myself in someone else's place. That's what a Christian does. Now, I, I know a lot of Christians, and sometimes Christians can be the most uncompassionate or incompassionate, I don't know which one of those is the word, people that I know. He says here, if you're a believer, part of the first things that you need to put on and you need to be wearing is a compassionate, compassionate heart. And then look at the next one. Kindness. Check that out. We're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to be nice. Man, be, I think of it, it's Ephesians that it says, be ye kind one to another so if you're a believer man you're supposed to have a compassionate heart you're supposed to be a nice person how co- how come a lot of believers and us and the church as a whole many times you know what we're known for being jerks being rude listen that's not what christ has called us to he's called us to having a compassionate heart he's called us to to be kind Man, that's what we're to wear we're to wear kindness and then look at this next one it's not going to get any better, folks. So you better stay with me. I know it's a whole lot easier when I preach about what's going on out there. Somebody better help me this morning. Huh? I start, there's some things I can start saying in here this morning. We start swinging from the rafters, shouting amen. But listen, I'm talking to us this morning. Humbleness of mind. Whew. Man, that's a, how many of y'all would say that's a tough one? Raise your hand right here to be a humble. Man, that's hard. It takes a spirit-filled person. By the way, anybody can follow a bunch of rules. It takes a spirit-filled person to have a compassionate heart. Listen to be kind. Is everybody tracking me this morning? And to have humbleness of mind. And you know what that? You know where humbleness of mind comes? It's having a proper view of self. And we have a proper view of self. We have a proper view of others. Then look at this next one: meekness. Man, that power under control, having the ability to say, uh, to do or say something, but holding it back. How come as Christians so often, we're not known for meekness, we're known for being loud, and we're known for being upfront. You know, one of the most Christ-like characteristics that you and I can have is just to simply shut up sometimes? But we got to get the last word in, Right? we got to put people in their place. That's antichrist. You say, I don't believe that. And I've talked about this a lot. Remember Jesus. If anybody had the right to cast someone out or down, who was it? It was Christ. And even as he stood before Pilate, he stood before being falsely accused. Well, what if they falsely accuse me? What if they say something about me? You know what Jesus did? It says this. He either agreed with them. If you go read the New Testament, read the Gospels. He said, thou sayest, or he answered nothing. Listen, we are to be clothed. In meekness. Man, this goes against so much of what I've heard as a believer. We're supposed to be meek and lowly. Man, we're supposed to be meek, being able to have the answer, being able to say something, but sometimes holding it back. Look at the next one. So we're to be clothed with compassionate hearts and a proper view of self and meekness. And then this is a hard one for me, long-suffering, meaning long to suffer. We may say it this way, being patient are supposed to be honest. This is what a follower of Jesus looks like. And then look, look at verse 13. Forbearing one another. I man that means helping each other, carry burdens. That means praying for each other. That means being there for each other. And then look at this next one. Forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, also do ye. So he says this. Listen, you need to be clothed in these things. Man, forgiveness is such a huge part of the Christian life. Aren't you thankful this morning that he's forgiven us? We say, you know, and you, you guys remember this, and I've done this, told this illustration a hundred times. But remember when the disciples came to him and said, yo, Jesus, how many times are we supposed to forgive? And what did he say? Seventy times seven. If you're like me, I got my calculator out. Somebody help me this morning. And I'm keeping track. But you've heard me say it before. You know what great churches and great marriages and great relationships are built up. People that learn to forgive each other over and over and over and over again. That 70 times 70 means forever. That's hard. When somebody wrongs us, would you all agree it's hard to forgive? Hey, aren't you thankful that Christ doesn't look at us that way? Like, aren't you thankful that he doesn't get skeptical of you and me? Man, he says to forgive, and can I just say this: as believers, what separates us from the world? And I know we don't like this because we're Baptists this morning. Isn't just how we dress, and isn't just because we don't listen to country music, because we'd all be in trouble. Somebody, or I would be. Somebody help me. You know what separates us from the rest of the world? It's the clothes that we wear when it comes to treating other people. Can I just ask you this question as we continue to work through this text? What are you wearing this morning? Are you living up to the God's dress code? Everyone I was in Bible college, they had the most ridiculous rules for dress. When I would walk into chapel, there was like a dude at the door seeing if you had hair that was touching your collar. Like for real. Man, and if you, man, I remember getting in trouble, man, because I wouldn't wear a suit coat all the time. I mean, just the craziest stuff. There was, but can I ask you this, what if we were going through God's dress code line as far as how we treat other people? Man, and he had that clipboard out. What would he, would he say? Man, Yep, yeah, they love each other. Man, they're a forgiving person. They're gentle in their spirit. They're me. Is everybody see what I'm saying here? Sometimes being a Christian is hard. It's harder than following some rules. It's harder than just being faithful to church. Man, it's how we treat other people. He says, listen, this is what a believer looks like. Look at verse 14. And above all. Now, that's some strong language, isn't it? He says above all, more than, first, number one, numero uno, above all. Look what it says. These things put on charity. Now, charity simply means love. The best garment you can wear, the nicest clothing a believer can have is love. Why is it that we're known so much more for hate than love? Do you ever think about that? Man, do our lost friends know that we love them? Man, do those people in our lives that, man, that, that, that God's placed us to be a light. In their life, do they know that we sincerely care about them and love them? Or we just tell them all the junk that we don't like in their lives all the time? You've heard, if, you, if you've been here all along, you've heard me say this before. All that junk ain't their problem. You know what their problem is? They don't know Jesus. Maybe if they met someone that act like they knew Jesus. Is everybody tracking with me? By the way, Jesus was a friend of who? Sinners! You know who repulsed Jesus? Read the New Testament. The religious! Those that thought they had it all together. Those that dotted every T and crossed every I. Those that were faithful to the nth degree of the law and took it all the way to extreme, by the way, and added a whole bunch. That's the ones he condemned. Man, he has placed people in our lives right now so that we could show the love of Christ to them. So that we could be compassionate to them. Man, so did I say cross all my T's and dot all my I's? I was sitting here thinking. Does everybody see what I'm saying? We miss it so often. And I'm not saying we compromise. I'm not saying we don't stand, but we can stand gracefully. We can stand lovingly. Man, i found, I found that one of the, man, as I was studying this, most, and I'm, not, I'm just being honest with you, a lot of people that I'm around church-wise, and I'm guilty of so many of these often, these aren't what we're known for. These aren't what we'd be characterized by. But these are what followers of Christ should be. Man, this love, look at verse 15. We ain't done yet. This is all introduction. we got a couple points I'm going to give you. Look at verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which ye are called in one body. And notice these words. And be ye what? Thankful. So he says this. Man, put on this compassion. Man, put on this meekness. Put on this patience. Have God's peace in your heart. How do we have God's peace? We have it from God's word. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So here's the thing. If you run around offended all the time, you probably don't love the law. You don't have peace in your heart. And then it says this, be thankful. Man, if you're having a bad day, you know one of the best things you could do is, man, just stop for a minute and think about all the the reasons you have to be thankful this morning. There is no reason... For any of us to be walking around every day. And I know the circumstance of life brings some hard times. I know that. But it, overall, as believers, those valleys, listen, even in those valleys, God is good. Even in those valleys, God is faithful and He's been so good to us. I mean, He's been so gracious with us. He's been, he has been so kind to us. Man, be thankful. We can stand up right now and testify for the rest of rest of the day about how God, how good God's been to us. And I want to encourage you: when you start having a bad day, man, sit down, maybe take out a pen and just start writing down all the reasons but you have to be grateful. Man, if you have a roof over your head, it's a reason to be grateful. If you have food on your table, and I'm looking around this morning, don't look like none of us is starving. <laughs> Man, if you have shoes on your feet. Man, if you, we have air conditioning this morning. Think about, this is how ungrateful we are. I've got friends right now in other countries that are preaching with dirt floors and no air conditioning. They won't complain one second about it. Some of us, is anybody tracking me? we got to put things in perspective. The poorest person in our country is richer than most of the rest of the world. Y'all realize that? we got so much to be thankful for. If nothing else, the fact that he saved my sorry soul i got a reason to be thankful. So he says, these are the clothes that a believer wears. So in verses 1 through 11, he says there's some things that believers should not wear. And here in verse number 12 through 15, he says, listen, he, here, here are the clothes you should put on. And let me just ask you, I'm going to give you three things to take home with you. Let me ask you this. What are we as a church wearing? Let me ask you this. What are you wearing? Men, have you ever maybe got up in the morning to head somewhere, maybe to church, and you walk out in that living room and your precious wife is sitting there, making, or standing there making breakfast, somebody help me this morning, and she says, you ain't wearing that. You ain't, uh-uh. You ain't preaching in Crocs today. I'm not I'm not testifying, I'm just just saying. You know, you ain't preaching in Crocs today. You ain't wearing that. I wonder if this morning as you and I stand and we get ready to leave our house to go out into the world or go to our workplace or to go to church, when God looks at us, I wonder if he says, hey, maybe you should go put on something else. Maybe you should take off those old clothes. Leave those. Is anybody awake in here this morning? Hey, leave those grave clothes at home and put on that, those new clothes. Man, those clothes of life, those clothes of love, those clothes of compassion, those clothes of grace, those clothes of kindness. Listen, what should a Christian wear? Man, that, that's an interesting thought this morning. I've heard a lot of sermons on that too. Somebody help me this morning. What should a Christian wear? First of all, I want you to notice this in our text this morning. A Christian should, have, should wear a proper view of self and of others. A proper view of self and of others. This, listen, this will only come from compassion and humility. You say, what do you mean? I can't help but think of Philippians chapter number 2. Y'all remember it? Let me read it to you. If there be any consolation of Christ, any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being on the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Is, does everybody remember this? This is tough man. To humble yourself, but who is our perfect example? Man it's Jesus, Christ. He, listen, he, he made himself of no reputation. wasn't worried about his reputation and he took upon him the form of a servant. Now that's one of those Christianese words we all like to throw around at church. I'm a servant. Yeah, we find out how much of a servant we are when somebody treats us like one. (laughs) In the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. He wrapped himself in flesh, the God of glory, so that you and I Could be saved by His grace, man. He says that's the type of mind that we're to have towards each other and towards other people. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God, I love this, also hath exalted Him and given Him a name which is above every name. That at the name, and we know that. Listen, here's the point: Jesus humbled Himself to serve others, to love others, to sacrifice for others, to put others first. Man, that's what he's asking us to do as believers, to humble ourselves. Now, so often this goes against what a lot of Christians do, how a lot of quote unquote followers of Jesus live. When I look at myself, I want you to think with me, when I look at myself in the word of God, can I just say this, it never, when I look in myself in the word of God, it should never lead to pride. It should always... lead to humility. Here's what ends up happening. Just like the Judaizers in Paul's day, if we're not careful, we begin to think we have some special standing with God. You know what the Jews did? They believed that they had a special knowledge. They believed that they had a special standing with God. They believed just because they were a Jew, they were better than everyone else. And what I found is many Christians, especially Baptists, we feel the same way. We must be reminded that any good that's in us, listen, it's only by His grace this morning. It's only by His love. Man, it's only... Here's the thing. and Sometimes we forget. We, we've been in church for a while. We start forgetting who we used to be. I'm thankful that even in my sin, even in who I am, even though He knows me for who I really am, He still loves me anyways. It's nothing that I've done. It's nothing that you've done. And when we look at ourselves in the perfect law, in the mirror of God's Word, it should... Push us to treat other people as image bearers, as people that Jesus loves. And this is something that we all struggle with because it goes anti-our culture and it goes anti-church many times. Being humility. Proper view of self will help us have the proper view of others. Secondly, I want to tell us this. Not only do we need to put on that, humility. This is a hard one too. This is hard, y'all. Number two, a kind, gentle, forgiving spirit. That's what Jesus wants us to wear. Listen, meekness and patience. But a lot of these have to do with how we talk and how we treat other people. Can I read a passage to you out of Ephesians? Paul was writing here as well. He said this. And this is, I man we need to think about this. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. That's the other week uh, that called and or, or you're talking to, and they're like, so-and-so said this. And here's what we do as Christians. Many times we like to go talk to people that can't fix a problem. You know what that is? If you go to someone with information at work or wherever it is, if you go to a coworker instead of your boss, which, that's called gossip. Is everybody tracking me on this? I mean, that's part of, that's one of those things that we must be careful about in our lives. It's something I've struggled with. It For some reason, as people, we like to talk about others, don't we? I don't know if it's because it makes us feel better about ourselves or we like to many times put down in order to put someone else. By the way, let me just stop here as we talk about communication before we move over. If someone at work or at home or at church is comfortable gossiping to you, they're going to gossip about you. I'm just telling you this. Look what it says. You got your Bibles open? It needs to be edifying. Why? And this isn't talking to preachers. This is talking to believers. That I may minister grace to the hearers. You know why? Look at the next words in these verses. When we When we don't Talk right. Look what happens. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto of redemption. Now look at this next part. Let all bitterness, and wrath, and anger, and clamor, and evil speaking, be put away with you with all malice. And then here it is: be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven. You. So, he says this, this is what we need to put on, man, this forgiving and loving and kind and gentle spirit, how we talk. Man, we should be people that build up and is full of grace. Listen, when someone messes up, it shouldn't be a conversation, oh my gosh, can you believe what they did? That's how some of us are. Some of us are on the phone. We, we love talking about what, other, what happens in other people's lives. Somebody messes up in their marriage. Can we just Can we just talk for a minute? talk about it. can you believe this can you believe that person did that can you believe they came to church here's what I, I'd rather have the broken person over the Pharisee any day you know why because Jesus would man we got to be careful right as Christians we can be such jerks we are to be kind we are to be tender hearted we are to forgive and what I found in my life many times I don't even know the whole story man I want to if I err I've had people call me liberal because this But if I err, let's err on the side of grace. Let's err on the side of love. Let's err on the side of of compassion. Man, let's, let's put those type of clothes on. How about bitterness? He says this, a believer, man, they're not wearing bitterness. Guess what they're wearing? Forgiveness. Man, they're wearing forgiveness. How about this one? Care. They're helping others. Man, can I just ask you, do you even care? Could you care less what's going on in somebody's life? And I was thinking yesterday, we were driving, we had to run up, and we were doing some, uh, I was humbly doing some Father's Day shopping for myself, somebody helped me, I dragged Sarah out of the house, and we're going to Father's Day shopping. But man, there was a car broke down the side of the road, and I noticed someone else, there was a man and his wife that we saw pulled over to help somebody they didn't even know. I got convicted for a second, because I wonder how many times we won't help somebody that we do know. Just simply caring. I mean, Just caring. I mean, this is, this is what a church is all about, y'all. And by the way, just the, the pastors, I mean, we, we can't care for every single person here. You know what part of the church is? It's for us to care for each other. Can I ask you, do you even care? I mean, that's the clothing that God's asked us to put on, is care. Then here's the last one. These all could be summed up in this. Look at verse 14. Above all, what does it say? Love. Listen, the t- kind of clothes that he wants to put, put, up, put, put on is this, a life. Of love. First Corinthians 13 1 says this, though I speak with the tongues of angels and of men, and have not charity or love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You know what just that whole passage is talking about? I know we use it for marriage, but it's talking about spiritual gifts. And what it's talking about is this: You can have the gift of prophecy, you can speak in tongues till you're blue in the face. Man, you can do you can do all these things. But if you don't have love, Doesn't matter. (laughs) You can have all the rules in the world. You can have all the regulations. You can look like a Christian. But if you're not wearing love, it's like a bunch of pots and pans banging together. Here's another one that he said, and this is a tough one John 13 34. A new commandment. We don't like new commandments, right? They would have called Jesus a liberal of his day, by the way. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love. One another, as I have what? Loved you. Do you also love one another? And here it is. If you write in your Bibles, I want you to underline this. By this, by this, look at it, shall men know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. So here's the challenge this morning. Can I just ask you this? Man, this was convicting to me. Anybody else this morning, am I the only one that needed, like, repent? Seriously. I had to repent about some things today. Because a lot of the stuff I do to be a Christian has nothing to do with what Scripture says. I had to make some changes in my personal life this week because of this text. And I hope as we preach the Word of God, you do too. What are you wearing? The old clothes or the new ones? What do people see you wearing? What does a lost world see you wearing? What is it this morning that identifies you? You see, these clothes that God's given us, (laughs) they don't cost us anything. They actually benefit you. They were paid for on Calvary 2,000 years ago. Don't keep them hidden in some closet. Don't keep them tucked away in some drawer. Maybe you need to change your clothes this morning. Take off those dirty ones. Maybe put on some nice ones. May that clothes, those clothes of compassion, the clothes of love, those clothes of grace and meekness. May we be a church this morning that's full of individuals who are wearing grace, forgiveness, and humility. With our heads bowed, and our eyes closed, let's stand our feet. The altar's open.